Hey all, this is Jules, and welcome to this episode of Obsessed. Today we have a sweet treat for you. Her name is Lauren Toyota. Lauren is using her voice to change the world. Not only does she have a just colorful, amazing, and rich following on Instagram of almost 355,000 people, she is dropping a hot new cookbook called Hot for Food. She is passionate about what she puts inside of her, and she's also passionate about how she projects her voice to the world and uses her platform for good. So if you think that you have the power to change the world with your voice, it is true. Listen to today's episode and don't forget to tap on those five little stars. Those five little stars keep us going. This podcast is for you and about you. So guys, start getting obsessed with your life. Hey guys, welcome to Obsessed. Think of us as your personal development entourage, all wrapped up into one podcast. If you're committed to your personal development and believe your life is meant for more, then get ready to learn the tools you need to elevate this experience called life. Get obsessed with your life, just like us. We are Tia, Tristan, Mika, and Julie, and we are obsessed with humans on the verge of change. Hi, I'm Tristan, and I'm obsessed with your emotional well-being. Obsessors, we have an amazing human being here right now. She sits here with so many accolades under her belt, and you are going to just soak up everything that is Lauren Toyota. So thank you, Lauren, for being here. We're honored, and we always kick off our episodes with asking this question, what are you obsessed with? Well, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm obsessed with my cat. I've discovered like more recently, I've been like, oh no, I'm really obsessed with this cat. Like he captures my attention like all the time. Like he sits beside me in my office. So I'm just constantly talking to him and looking at him and capturing like videos for Instagram stories. And yeah, I just realized in the last few years, like I'm really, really obsessed with him. Does he know just how obsessed you are with him? Like, is he like, what, where is she? Like, man, I just want to take a nap. She's got the camera in my face. In my face. I think he does know, but he likes it because he he goes, you know, I don't know if you guys have cats, but like anyone who has a cat knows that they they're on their own terms, right? And they're my cat in particular gets in this mood where he's looking for my attention. So it's funny because I think we're both obsessed with each other. He has his moments and then I have my moments. They don't just don't necessarily like align all the time. <laughs> Wow, Tia, I would say that's a perfect relationship. Like you need to be, you need to be like, you both have to be stalkers. So that's a recipe. And speaking of recipe, we love your new cookbook that came out in March. Wow. I guess what I want to ask you, I guess the first question I want to ask is because on the outside, someone could look at you. You look amazing. You're fearless. They could think like, Lauren has it all. Lauren, like, honestly, someone could look at you and look with all of your accomplishments, a hit show cooking channel on YouTube, Mm -hmm. like traveling the world, doing what you love. Mm -hmm. Like everyone's dream is to do what they love. And you're like, you're living your dream. And like someone could go, 
she has no problems. She like she has it made. They don't know what what we know. And that's what it took you to get here. Like, what's your response to that? Yeah, I mean, I'm I, I understand that I have accomplished a lot and I obviously understand the role that I play as someone who's on social media and I'm comfortable talking about those things. I'm comfortable like in that role of like, okay, I have to talk about myself and I have to show off and I have to like talk about what's going on, right? Like that's just part of the job actually. But I know, and I think I'm rooted enough and grounded enough to understand that that's not, that's just like one small piece of the pie. And I, I hope that through social media, I also communicate that, that I also communicate a humbleness and a, a realistic, I guess, you know, just perspective on life because that stuff is great. And I'm so grateful for it. And I obviously work hard to like live my dream, but it's not all there is. And of course, there's so much stuff I don't share on social media. So it, it is, I think I, that I consciously try to combat the sort of false narrative of social media. Like I get it. I get that we have to play a part, but there can also be those moments of vulnerability where you can be more realistic and stuff. So I hope that I do that. And when I think about Hot for Food and what I've been able to do, like I have been doing this now for about a decade, over a decade, like when I started going vegan is when it really started. So even though I didn't have necessarily anything to show for it, that's when it started. You know, I came up with the name. I started vlogging just for fun. Nobody was looking at it. And that's like really where the vision of Hot for Food was born. And so it has taken many, many years to sort of get to this point. And there's still so much more I want to do, you know, like it's, a, it's hard. I'm sure anybody who like does what they love always has this feeling of like, I haven't arrived. You've never arrived. You always want more. There's always more to do. There's more goals. There's more creative outlets and things that you just want to sort of dive into. So it, it's just trying to have a balance of like reflecting on what you've done, being proud of it, and also staying grounded and humble enough so that you can keep propelling forward and and sharing more of your gifts and things like that. So that was my long answer. <laughs> it was beautiful. I absolutely love that. And I mean, you do radiate humility. It's definitely something that does come across on your page and in all the projects that you do. How have you been able to maintain that balance as you kind of are hitting these milestones and achieving those goals that you've set for yourself over a decade ago? I think that when the only thing I can say maybe contributes to that is my upbringing, you know, like I was bullied and I felt very othered and felt very outcasted by my peers. So to me, I feel like that experience keeps you at a certain level of humility. Like you're just never going to believe in yourself to a point that it like goes over the hump into like, like too much ego and like believing your own hype. Like, I just don't see how someone who had that experience could, I mean, people do, but like, I just could never because it's not, this is going to sound kind of weird, but I'll always kind of feel never good enough because of that. And so that, you know, we're always trying to work on self-love and all, and I do work on those things, but I think there'll always be that gap of like overachiever and never good enough to keep me kind of, I don't know, fighting or how, you know what I mean? At least that's, that's the only thing I can reflect on and think of that. That's why it's like that. I think the other thing is when I found so-called, I don't like this word, but if, if you want, like I'm well known and I worked on television. So like when I found myself in that position, 
that same thing happened where it was like, I don't believe my own hype. Like I'm not famous or like, it doesn't matter that people know who I am or stop me at the grocery store sometimes. Like, you know, like that never, I just never let that like get to my head. It's not ever why I did what I did or why I went after what I wanted to do. So I just, I just don't think I can let that overshadow the point of any of the work that I do. Right. Like that's not about being known or being famous or being popular. It's, and especially with hot for food and building hot for food, it's more about the mission of trying to turn the planet vegan for all the benefits of, of climate change and animal welfares. When I found even more purpose, the sort of notoriety stuff became less important, you know, even more so like when I worked on television. So. Oh, that's really powerful and understanding your why, Lauren. And mm-hmm. just a couple of things in reflection of what you've just said. First mm-hmm. of all, 10 years. I mean, what you look like you're 22, no. 23. So you're you an infant. 12. Lauren, you're an infant. Yeah, I started when I was five. No, no, I'm much older than people think I am. I've had two 10 year careers. I mean, that's what's crazy is like television was about nine and a half years. And now when you think about hot for food, it, since its inception has been over 10 years. So that blows my mind too. I'm like, oh, wow, I have like these two careers under my belt, which is great experience to reflect on. And I love that. I love having the perspective. I love having the hindsight. And it also is fascinating, Lauren, just in terms of you understanding the power of your why, Mm -hmm. you understanding your purpose. Mm -hmm. And I guess for a lot of our listeners, bullying is so pervasive, especially in the teenage years. Bullying, quite honestly, is something they're teaching the children now, but 10, 15, 20 years ago, it just, there were no underpinnings of Mm -hmm. correction in terms Mm -hmm. of bullying in the schools. And thus you as an adult, you carry some of that. I'm not worthy along with you. How do you reconcile that? And how do you reconcile that being so public, a public figure, social media, how is that all reconciled in your head? And especially for those younger girls that are listening, who really have feel that Instagram is the end all and be all. I get what you're saying. And and it's a really tough question. It's a really great question. I think about this a lot because I always think about why was I drawn to wanting to have a platform? Like, and I'm talking about like, I wanted to be on television. So I wanted to be on television before social media existed. Right. But there was this need to almost correct that bullying experience. This thing that made me shrink and be small. It was like, I want to correct that. However, I think, I'd like to think it's because I didn't grow up in a time of this social media sort of craze that I was, and I still don't think it's impossible for people to do this, but I think it's a lot harder to shut out the noise, like the outside noise. You know, I spent a lot of time being very quiet because of being bullied, but being in my room and dreaming and imagining and envisioning and talking to myself and really tapping into like an inner voice, like an inner strength. It forced me to do that. And I can only try to encourage people to tap into that as best they can, because that's your strength. Like that's where you will be able to not put yourself worth into something like how many likes and followers you get on social media. You know, that isn't where your self-worth lies. It really comes from within and you have to take the time to foster that and nourish that in order to have a certain strength to withstand 
the superficialness of social media, right? So I feel like I did spend a lot of my adolescence building that inner person, building that inner voice that's allowed me to have a very distinct boundary or perception of social media and that it's not, this is not my worth. The social media is not my worth, that it comes from within first. And I still have to do that work as an adult, right? Like I'll have to do it for the rest of my life. And I think that's the most important work people should be doing is that inner development, self-awareness, therapy, all these things. It's so refreshing to hear you say all of this because I totally connect with it because we're living as, you know, this generation, like we have one particular client, I won't say her name, but she basically, she, well, Jules, can you say the story? Well, she bears it all. She bears, yeah. Pretty much down to the skivvies and correlating, you know, 15,000 followers, 20,000 followers, whatever it may be with how she feels about herself, how she feels her life is going. Every like makes her feel better about herself. And I mean, you, how big is your following Lauren today, this minute? Do you have any idea? It's combined. It's over a million, but like on Instagram. Wow. That's like on my personal Instagram, it's like 92,000 or something. I mean, Dude. do you feel better about yourself because it's 92,000? No, you don't. We, we got that. No, but. it's, uh, I'm like, why are all these people following me? <laughs> but that's so fabulous because you're fabulous and we're obsessed with you. You are fabulous, you. Lauren. There is such like a, a disconnect between who I am as a human being and what I portray to the world. And you didn't have to do that to get almost 1 million followers, which is, I don't even know how I would, I mean, I'd be like, what happened? Something went wrong with Instagram. I've thought that many times. And what do you think of these young girls? We're talking about teenage girls and then adolescent girls and then young women who are doing that on social media. Like they can be in fitness. They can be a personal trainer and they Mm -hmm. feel like they have to literally bear it all. Mm -hmm. And they, they, they justify it with, but I'm, I'm getting clients. Or they could be in nutrition or they could be in just in anything. And they feel like they're justifying it. But really, we all know that it doesn't come from that. It's coming from someplace deeper, a deeper. They're not doing it for just a business. They're doing it because they get that validation, you know. So what do you say to them? What advice would you give? Well, the way I've come to think about social media is it is very much like everything else in the world, like a reflection of yourself. Like, you know, it's just a mirror. And it's also this like vortex where you can, you have the control to sort of curate your experience. That's getting harder and harder, of course, with these algorithms. But I've always taken it like not seriously, but seriously, meaning I don't take the the numbers seriously or whatever, I take the relationship seriously that I, and the connection seriously to a degree because I understand the power of what I say and put out there. But again, like any, I always say like everything you do should come from within, including social media. And I do think that's partly why what I've done has resonated because I wasn't caring about the vanity of the number or anything like this. It just sort of, when I have an idea of something to put on social media, because it comes very naturally to me, I feel it come from within. It's like a spark of inspiration. It's an idea. It's just something and it's very quick and I don't overthink it. And to me, that's a true indicator of like authenticity, right? Like I'm not spending hours like drafting the caption and editing them, face tuning the photo. Like it's just like 
free flow intuition and, and that type of thing. I wish more people could tap into that for the sake of themselves, for the sake of their sanity with social media, because I think people are taking it too seriously to the negative side where they're spending way too much time nitpicking and trying to control this thing that's bigger than them. And I don't know what to say to those people because you don't want to like discount what they're trying to do. But sometimes you just, when it's not coming from within, like you had addressed Jules, like finding purpose and finding meaning and why, if it's not always coming from that place, then it's not sustainable. It's not going to last. There is going to be some tipping point where they're going to be burnt out or they're going to be sad or, or not satisfied or it's not enough. I don't necessarily know if I feel equipped to give like this sound piece, like piece of advice in one sentence. It's a really complicated thing. And having not grown up with it, I think I have a unique perspective, but I can very much see how it's difficult to separate yourself from it now. Like, and I don't know what that's going to do to people going forward. And I would feel if I were putting things out that truly were not aligned with my values and purpose, I know that I would feel almost ugly inside. Well, I think that's actually the deeper message behind some of what you see on social media is that people actually do feel ugly inside and they're looking to counteract that by posting stuff, not necessarily nude stuff, but selfies, anything like, I mean, Actually, one of the things that always bothered me when I first sort of entered this health wellness space, I guess, of food, vegan food, foodie stuff was a lot of people showing what they eat in a day and showing pictures of their abs as like, look what I eat in a day and look how skinny I am. That was gross to me and really hard to look at. And then I just was like, okay, if I'm going to do what I eat in a day, it's not going to be about trying to give anybody nutrition advice. It's just going to be like what I'm eating, like, this is what I eat. Like, it's not controlled. It's not portion controlled. It's not anything. It's just what I'm doing. So I, you know, and I saw a turning point when I started sharing that content with people who were like, wow, this is so refreshing. Or I love these because they're so realistic. And again, I can't tell people what to do or fix the problem, but I can at least offer some content that hopefully isn't like mentally damaging. No, that is, that's pure. And I think that's the right response because it's true. It's like, you're authentically giving your voice and your perspective of it. And I want to tell you, like, I've been in love with you <laughs> since, to, to, since 2014 for, for our obsessed listeners, anyone tuning early. in. Yes, early. What you see with Lauren, everyone, um, anyone new that has finding out about this amazing gem of a woman for the first time, Lauren Toyota. She is what you see is really what you get. Like, I love the quirky, like, it's so cute. The quirky things you do on your show when you even when you're like, yeah, that's good. (laughs) Little basic stuff. And you are actually, I just want to ask what made you realize, like, what pushed you in those early days, those early days, like before the success that you have now is amazing. But before you saw it before, like, take us like back in a day, like mm-hmm. what your why I, I know the why is what pushed you, but what, what was your why? Like what made you keep going? What made you edit maybe two in the morning, three in the morning, like, oh, and yeah. up developing recipes and all these things that we don't see as viewers mm-hmm. and you're doing it and sacrificing, like what made you do mm-hmm. it? 
Thanks, Mika. I love that. I love meeting people who have been around from the beginning because you see such a, there's such a change, like so much. That's the thing I like about YouTube is you can do whatever you want. You can change and people follow you, come along for the ride. Not everybody, but thanks for being there from the beginning. Oh, my Um, pleasure. I'm still there. Thank you. I remember I lost my television job abruptly. Although there was a little bit of, there was a few months of sort of mental preparation where I knew it was going to happen. And I was kind of looking forward to it because I had reached a point in my television career where things were getting really stale and boring and they were not creative and it was very bureaucratic. And I, I had to reach that point of like, this career is not for me. Like it's given me this platform. It's given me a lot of opportunity to like play with social media, grow my social media following and have access to people. But I was just like hitting a wall creatively. It, it actually wasn't creative at all when I look back at it to compare to what I do now. So I think really the freedom of losing my job and having to kind of just pick up with what I had. And at the time I had started for food as a blog and had a little bit of a social following for it. And I had already tapped into the community. So like online for veganism. So there was a couple months of real struggle of like, like, I don't know if I really want to use my voice on YouTube. Like, I don't know if that's my place. I'm not sure. Cause I was very brainwashed from television. Right. A little bit like thinking that to compare the two platforms, they're so different. Right. And I just, I had to really, I had to really let go of a lot in order to do YouTube because I had to let go of the like persona of of a television person. I had to let go of the kind of like professionalism that goes with that. And the sort of, there's just a lot of things where it's like, this is how TV is done, but you can't necessarily apply that to YouTube. It's like, it doesn't work. Right. But I think the reason I kept going was just because, or why I even started to do YouTube was because I finally did embrace the freedom and the creativity. Like I just started to recognize that like, oh, I am really creative. I just actually wasn't able to utilize any of it in my television job because there was so much bureaucracy and so many people saying no all the time. And that's not a good idea or this and that, like too many rules. And then once I was like, oh, there's no rules over here. And I can build and mold this however I want. And actually, I do believe I have good ideas. It was a lot of like mental, like mental coaching just with myself, like trying to talk myself into more of who I am. Again, try to like believe in myself more because I think there was a lot of fear around doing it, fear of how I'd be perceived, fear of when you're on television, you're not aware that people are watching, which sounds crazy, but you're just not. You're in a studio or you're doing whatever and you're with a camera. And it goes to air, but you're not really part of, you don't look at ratings and that type of stuff. But with YouTube, you're directly involved in the feedback and the response and that type of thing. And I think that really scared me. So whether I actually fell into it naturally or not to like be more of myself, I'm not sure if I did. I think it took a while to really like be more of myself. TV sort of taught me that to a degree. And then like going into YouTube took it like that much further. But yeah, that was like one of those moments where I had to sort of conquer that fear, fear of what people would think, I think is the biggest one. But once I started doing it and felt again, that creative freedom, that's just really what motivated me. I felt like, you know, I never thought I would be an entrepreneur, like run my own thing because I'd always worked for a company. I'd worked for many networks. I had been shuffled around to different TV shows and networks my whole TV career. So it felt very weird to be like running something myself. But with that just came so much... I think freedom and confidence and yeah, just trying to prove to myself that I could do it. That's was I that's another big motivator. Prove to myself I can actually do this. And now you're a boss babe. I guess. <laughs> Who would have thought? I know. 
I can't believe a, I didn't think I could ever do this because I didn't, I really thought I'll just work for people my whole life. There's no way I could run my own thing. Like I'm not smart enough or I'm not, I used to think all those things. And now I'm like, wow, like that being said, I think technology is such that it's made it easier for people to do that. You know, growing up when I did, of course, it seemed like you couldn't run your own business because like there just wasn't so much like ease and and so much resource with like tech and stuff like that. So even cameras, when I grew up and when I started in television, cameras were very technical and complex and you had to go to school to learn them. But very quickly, you know, we have all these consumer friendly DSLR cameras and things that just make it so much easier for you to create. And that that's really part of why I was able to do it. I decided I was going to keep learning and not just stop. Love that. Lauren, you kind of touched on something prior saying like the fear and like mm-hmm. fear of change that holds back all of us at some yeah. point in our lives. Do you have any advice for that person who is right there standing in front of that next move of, and that mm-hmm. fear is over like consuming them. It's in their body. They can feel it in their bones. Do you have any advice for that person? I always say this and I don't know if maybe Oprah said this because I always steal other people's advice basically. And I am obsessed with Oprah. Oprah, I'm sure said this, but I've adopted it also. And I tell people this and I have to remind myself to do it as well. But when you are really afraid of something, it's mostly because you're you're supposed to walk, you're supposed to just get in there and do it. And it will become less fearful if you just stand in the dark water or walk through the door or whatever. Like when it's feeling that overwhelming, it's a call to action. You know, it's not a time to stop. It's like, keep going. So if you can you know, meditation and breathing and all that stuff has really helped me adopt that idea even more so because when you can really feel something in your body, if you can talk to it, it won't have so much power over you. And especially with fear, right? You can talk yourself through it. Like you guys are coaches, coach yourself through it. Like this is my call to go forward. It's really what it is. And you have to be very intentional, very intentional of what way you're going you have to have self-awareness. And obviously, Lauren, you're very self-aware. You understand the purpose of your inhabiting this earth. Mm-hmm. And it makes it a little bit easier when you do know yourself and you do understand your purpose. So Lauren, if I may, T and I have done this before. Mika has not, but she, okay. she's just going to jump right in. A little quick thinking, a little quick thinking action, a lightning round. Okay. So first thing that comes to your head, favorite go-to comfort food? Mac and cheese. Okay. Really quickly, I have to ask a question. How do you do that vegan style, girl? There's a few ways. This new book has the one pot version, which is easy. Yeah. Then I have a more complex version in the previous book with cashew-based sauce, but you can do the quick one pot version. That sounds delicious. And now I need to for sure get the book and try it. Yes. Or actually you can buy so many in a box now. There's a bunch of brands of vegan ones in a box, just like Kraft Dinner. So you can do that too. (laughs) So many options. I love it. (laughs) Okay. Favorite color. Green. Nice. Okay. Favorite lipstick shade. Oh, like usually it's just a shade of the exact color of my lip or like just like slightly more pink. Nude. (laughs) Yeah. Like a nudie. Not very exciting. (laughs) Okay. Celebrity crush. Oh. Oh, those never come straight to my mind, but I do love Miles Teller. Dream vacation. Oh, God. Uh, Japan, actually, because I've never gone. How do you want to leave your mark on the world? I don't know if that applies. 
That's a but huge question. I know, for the but I, I go big. I go big. I mean, oh my gosh. Is it weird to say that? Like, I think I already have. Like, no, because you, you totally have left your mark. You've done it. <laughs> You've done it, girl. You've like, done it. It sounds weird, but if I died tomorrow, I'd be okay. There you go. I love it. That's perfect. Okay. And the last question, your biggest dream professionally oh, and or personally, we don't care. We my like both. biggest dream. Okay. Like I have two dreams. Okay. Like one is just superficial, which is I want to have a house with a pool. <laughs> and two, the more important dream is that I love to see at least in like North, all of North America and like the big, big, I guess, global economic countries for people to go like 85 to 90% plant-based. Like, I'm not going to say all oh, the whole world. Cause I just don't think, I honestly am not sh- sure that that's even possible, but I think we can make a huge, huge difference by getting that many people in the, in the major economic countries to go vegan. Lauren it is such a <laughs> pleasure having you. Well, now, you know, <laughs> I know <laughs> and love your cookbook. We've got, I don't know if you know, but we created a first vegan uh, group in Polk County. Our county has over 700,000 people and there's not one vegan eatery till we came along. And so wow. our vegan bakery. And so our members have your cookbook. They love your cookbook. They shared it like a recipe is, oh gosh, I can't remember the, the particular item, but you've, mm. you really have left your mark. Thank you you. for what you've done. Your contribution like is beyond words. You have no idea. Honestly, you have no idea the people you've impacted. And thank you for being with us on Super Fans. We're super fans. Thanks, ladies. This was so much fun. And I so appreciate all the love and and support, too. And I think you're giving away one of my books on your social. Yes. I want to mention a giveaway. I'll mention a giveaway. So we are giving away. So please, everyone, uh, screenshot today's episode with Lauren. Tag Lauren Hot for Food and tag us on Instagram and tell us what were your biggest takeaways? What did you find interesting? What what did you know about Lauren until today? Or, you know, if you're discovering Lauren, please follow her on YouTube. Her channel is phenomenal. Uh, She turns regular food vegan and you would never know that it was vegan Mm -hmm. so your family will thank you your tummy will thank you so Mm -hmm. follow lauren on hot for food on youtube and also we want to know your thoughts and you'll get your signed copy from lauren guys from lauren and uh, we'll send it to you yeah thanks thank you so much mika thank you all for having time yes Thank you for listening to today's podcast featuring our special guest, Lauren Toyota. Remember to subscribe to Lauren's YouTube channel, Hot for Food. You will absolutely love, I mean love, every single recipe that Lauren creates. You'll love the content. You'll love Lauren. It's a win-win. It's a love-love. So follow her on Instagram under Hot for Food. And if you want to make easy and delicious vegan recipes, please support this boss babe by ordering her new cookbook, Hot for Food, all day 
What were your takeaways from today's episode? As a reminder, please enter your chance to also win a signed copy of Lauren's new cookbook by taking a screenshot of today's episode and tag Lauren and us on Instagram and share your takeaways from today's episode. Please like, subscribe, and review our podcast and share today's episode with your girls, your family, your friends, whomever you're thinking would be absolutely blessed by today's episode and content because Obsessed Podcast exists because of you all. And we've also been listed as one of the top in the top 5% globally with our Obsessed Podcast. And we're super excited by this new statistic. And it's all because of you. So thank you, Queens. And bye for now. I'm going to go catch my crown. And I will catch you on the next Obsessed episode. Mwah.